Hello, and welcome to this all-new episode of Heartfelt Consciousness. I am your host, Laura Bender. Uh, so today's guest, I thought it would be great to have a uh, someone involved with the Ayurvedic community. So actually, today's guest is Victor Briere, who is actually a Ayurvedic doctor and teacher. He's also the co-founder of the Pacific Coast Ayurvedic and International Institute of Ayurveda. Um, and he also serves as a NAMA recognized, which I might have that pronouncing that wrong, uh, he recognized doctor and Kundalini yoga teacher. So we kind of talk about his journey, how he started, how he came to Ayurveda medicine, um, what his practices are, and it's a really interesting conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy. So thank you again for listening and talk. It reach you on the other side. All right. So I never get used to that um, lady talking about that she started the recording. So anyway, thank you, Victor, for being on the podcast today. Sure. Um, so you're our, actually our, my first guest that we have that's an Ayurvedic doctor and a teacher. So I actually was really curious, and I'm sure the listeners are as well. Um, would you mind actually giving us a little bit about uh, your journey into that, um, that area? Yeah. So Ayurveda... I didn't even know what the word was, what the word meant and what it was until I was in my mid twenties. Um, and I came to it actually through the practice of yoga. So, which was obviously much more popular, still is much more popular in America. Yeah. Um, and I started practicing yoga to take care of a particular health concern. I had, I had a back, like a moderate back issue. Mm -hmm. And Western medicine basically, you know, took me through a labyrinth and then spat me back out and said, not sorry, nothing we can do for you. Yeah. And so I, I learned about yoga. I tried it out. It helped me immensely immediately um, within a very short period of time and basically completely resolved my issue. And then over the years, I traveled, learned more about yoga. And, and then I finally met um, who's my current yoga teacher, and he introduced me to Ayurveda. So that's the, that's the short version of the story. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a great story. Actually, it's ironic. Um, you know, I think when we initially were talking way a few months ago, back and forth, um, it's very closely, we actually have uh, an offering that we're going to be offering through a course, like a Ayurvedic nutrition kind of course that we're going to actually have in, uh, I think a couple months uh, for our student body. So it kind of is actually very fitting that we're talking about this today. So hopefully when it comes out, um, it'll be even more interesting to the students, but um, kind of touching a little bit about um, what the difference is between Western medicine and Ayurvedic medicine um, for those that might not know a lot about it. The major difference, I mean, there are lots of differences yeah. uh, there, but there are kind of two major differences that I, I emphasize or talk about that I feel like people relate to. Mm -hmm. um, the first is that Ayurveda is, is very much about the root cause and that root cause can be buried or nestled or hidden in your lifestyle or multiple root causes can be buried or nestled or hidden in your lifestyle, your food habits. But also another big one is, of course, your emotional makeup, your mental makeup, psychological makeup, and traumas you've experienced, and also how you go about living your life in terms of relationship. Mm -hmm. um, and all those things tie in together in very complex ways 
to manifest symptoms. Western medicine pretty much says, what's your list of symptoms and what medication or procedure can I do to alleviate that symptom? Yeah. Very compartmentalized. Ayurveda is not compartmentalized. So that's the first big difference. The second big difference is Ayurveda acknowledges and not just acknowledges at the heart of Ayurveda is this idea that our relationship with spirit or soul is extremely fundamental to our health. Um, and that's not just mental health, that's physical health, you know, that we get diseases because we've disconnected from our essence, so to speak. Interesting. Yeah. I actually did not know that. That's interesting. Whereas of course, Western medicine completely doesn't deal with that at all. It's not in the ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Well, yeah, that's kind of an interesting practice. And so, so you kind of, you know, you kind of touched on this in the first part of the uh, question, the first question I had asked you, um, you had a yoga practice that kind of then led you to uh, practicing Ayurveda and then kind of getting going into like the training and and becoming a, a doctor and a teacher within that. So what is something that you've, that's kind of stuck with you during this whole entire, you know, however long you've been doing this, that actually is like a personal practice that you do maybe in your day to day? Well, I mean, the biggest one for sure is the sadhana, which is just a daily spiritual or yoga Ayurvedic practice Mm -hmm. that, you know, one or myself commits to. And the the commitment aspect is important because healing, genuine healing is tough. Um, So the commitment aspect is like, okay, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do this. I'm not going to make, uh, if I make excuses, I'm not going to listen to them. Right. So I'm not, I might not be feeling hundred percent. I might be a little bit tired. The weather might not be good. It's too cold. It's too hot. It's too this, it's too that. I got in a fight with my wife. I got in a fight with my dog. I got in a fight with my friend, you know, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. All that stuff. You say, no, no, no. My commitment is to get up and do this. Mm-hmm. And then Contained in that hour and a half, for me, it's an hour and a half, but it could be anywhere from 10 minutes to three hours Yeah, um, are a bunch of practices that are tailored to each individual that are supposed to be a combination of yogic practices or spiritual practices and Ayurvedic health practices so that we basically start our day in what's called a sattvic space or a space of clarity and and neutrality, but not neutrality in the dull sense, neutrality in the, you know, open sense where I'm not being pulled in any direction by, um, all the stresses and factors and, you know, things that throw me off during a day. I start out clean and then I get dirtied as I go through the day and then (laughs) I clean myself up again the next morning. Okay. That's a great, that's a great way to, I guess, how would someone actually, what would you recommend? I guess if someone was interested in, in kind of finding out, um, what kind of practices they could, um, I guess, learn about or get involved with, like, what would be the best way to, I guess, to determine that? Well, there are thousands and thousands of practices. So the best way to determine it is to talk to, uh, a professional, basically, someone who's trained in doing that. So a modern day yogi or an Ayurvedic doctor, or it's not just um, from the Indian systems of medicine. Traditional Chinese medicine is Qigong, mm-hmm. um, meditation, pranayama, breathing practices, all those things. Those all are aimed at that same goal. 
Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I, um, it's interesting you kind of mentioned that cause I didn't real, again, that was something I didn't realize. Um, yeah, during my, actually the beginning of this year, I, I kind of ventured into dealing with a little, I was already kind of dabbling, obviously kind of trying to grow my meditation practice, but I, um, like, you know, when you, when you're first kind of in your 200 hour training, I think there's, there's not as much depth going into like a pranayama practice. I think it's kind of just working on teaching the philosophy and maybe teaching the basic asana that goes along with that, that kind of connects those things. But so my, my pranayama practice really wasn't existent, um, until really the beginning of this year. And I, and I feel that it's, it in some way kind of ties into this where it's, it definitely changed my, my body. It changed the way I was feeling. It even changed the way I was even kind of coming into my meditation practice. Um, I was able to kind of get a little deeper and able to kind of utilize that to, um, yeah, just become, I guess, a little more spiritual along the way. (laughs) It wasn't something I was expecting at all, but, um, yeah, I appreciate that practice immensely. I think it's, it's been such a great help. Um, yeah, pranayama is pretty essential. Um, uh, you know, before all the yoga asanas were practiced, yeah. it was primarily pranayama mm-hmm. and meditation. So asanas came later. Yeah. Um, but that's lost in our culture. Our culture prioritizes asana and then deprioritizes yeah. pranayama and meditation. So it, it really should be the other way around. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, last question that I have, and I know 2020 was very turbulent for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I don't know like how this might've changed your vision, or maybe there was something that you actually got away, took away from that, but what was your most valuable lesson that you learned in, in 2020? You know, 2020 was a big reinforcement for a lot of the core principles that, you know, I've been practicing for a while and and obviously in the clinic and the school educating about. Um, But it was it made it very real, very fast, or I should say more, more real, Um, which is that this this idea that we can be healthy alone and that we can rely on supplements and pills is just completely the wrong track. I mean, no doubt about it. And that's not new information, right? but uh, sometimes it takes a visceral experience to drive something home. Um, and so I saw it was much easier in 2020 to convince people, so to speak, because they were already feeling it, that their pathologies and diseases were directly stemming from the isolation and fear and stress that they were experiencing. Um, and, and those are our deep drivers and motivations towards connection and stuff like that play a massive role in our, our health profile. Um, and so when COVID hit and everyone was separated, you saw all sorts of diseases just go through the roof, not just psychological diseases, but the physical manifestations of those psychological diseases. So no one could run away from that anymore. (laughs) No, no, not at all. Yeah. Even us yoga instructors, I was definitely, I kind of sunk immediately. um, And I had actually had a conversation with someone this week about this too, that, you know, it just really hit hard. And um, it really kind of made you stop and think, like, wh- what's going on here, and how do I how do I alleviate this? 
Um, and I guess the best way is to kind of go within. Well, anyway, I appreciate your time and your energy today, Victor. So um, yeah, have a beautiful rest of your day, rest of your week, and we'll talk soon. Definitely. Thank you for having me. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Victor. As always, don't forget to share, review, and subscribe. Be well, my friends.